Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome to the Rashmore Conti Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the fan in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. It is Legends of Sports Friday. And as we do every Friday, joined by the man himself, it is my good friend. It's Andy Bernstein. How are you? Arash, it couldn't be better, pal. How you doing, man? We are doing well. I'm doing well. I'm very excited about this week. You know, I mean, the, the first time I, I became... I, I, I knew of your work before I even knew you, the name, and now my good friend, Showtime Lakers. I fell in love with that team. Uh, you know, it was magic. It was Kareem. But I love James Worthy. Big game, James Worthy. That is your guest this week, James Worthy. What, talk about it. I mean, what, what an amazing uh, – by the way, he's, he's usually in these top 50, top 75 lists. I think he's very underrated. If he were to go somewhere else, he would have been the man. Uh, but still, one of my all-time favorite players. Oh, you and me both, my friend. Yeah, it was um, an incredible conversation, really, with with a friend that I've known since uh, since he was drafted. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, he's the number one pick in the 82 draft, which I think is fair to say that he was the only – um, number one draft pick by the defending NBA <laughs> champions in yeah. like the history of the NBA. I don't know if in the history, but definitely <laughs> moving forward because you know it was before the lottery. Yeah. So it was a coin flip between Cleveland and the Clippers, um, both with the worst records in the NBA. And uh, the Lakers got Cleveland's pick from a previous trade, and boom, he became a Laker, joining a championship team. With future Hall of Famers, you know, Kareem, Magic, of course, Pat Riley, um, Norm Nixon, Jamal Wilkes, I mean, you name it. So it was a daunting task for, for a kid from uh, a small town in North Carolina. And we talk all about that, about his transition, um, how he wasn't expected to be uh, a big scorer on that team, which kind of took a little bit of uh, pressure off of him you know if he had gone to a, a really bad team he probably would have had to have been thrust into that spotlight and he was able to kind of hone his game over a couple of years on the bench and when it became his time he stepped up and uh, his numbers speak for themselves you know I mean he really got his nickname by the way he played in the postseason in particular the 1988 finals he was the MVP had a triple double in game seven what do you remember about that year? Again, Pat Riley guarantees that the team's going to win following the championship in 1987. A lot of pressure on that team, but big game James came through. For sure. That, that 87 team, I think Riley describes as his best, best team of the five championship teams that he coached. But um, 
the 88 team had a lot of pressure on them, you know, from, from the day of the parade when Pat called it out and said, we're going to win it again. <laughs> and uh, they had a daunting task. I mean, they had to go up against, you know, a tough bad boys Detroit team. And um, JW, you know, it's amazing with James because he was a very steady player throughout the season. But once they got to postseason, his numbers just every year just just skyrocketed and he became the go-to guy um, in the clutch when they needed him. And we all remember, you know, the great plays that he made diving out of bounds and being on the wing with magic passing to him. And, and uh, he came through big time and they ended up winning that championship and he got the finals MVP. Before we go to the first part of your conversation, again, we play, we played just a snippet. This is an, an amazing conversation you had with Big Game James, how can the fans out there hear the entire thing? Well, anybody can find our, our podcast on any podcast platform, Apple, Spotify, and of course, our home podcast network is iHeart. So it's Legends of Sport podcast. Um, also, our YouTube channel, which is Legends of Sport. And also, please check out our Instagram. Um, it's at Legends of Sport. My photography is at ADB Photo Inc. And we kind of cross platform from there. Also LinkedIn on my personal LinkedIn, Andrew D. Bernstein. So a lot of places to find it. <laughs> Love it. All right. With that said, let's go to the first part of Legends of Sports Friday. This week, it is big game, James Worthy. Let's talk about that right off the bat. You know, I mean, you won three titles with the Showtime Lakers, 85, 87, 88, right? Tell me what it was like for you. And I know you see some of the guys like Coop and Byron Magic. You see them, you know, rather often in L.A. But what was it like for all of you guys, for you as a player, returning with all of these guys together from that era? I mean, for me, I had goosebumps the whole week. But what about you? Well, you know, Andy, you were there mm -hmm. uh, at the beginning uh, in the early 80s as well. So our feelings are mutual. Mm -hmm. uh, it was... Uh, an extremely cherishable moment and a uh, overwhelming feeling. Uh, you know, you never knew what to expect. Mm -hmm. uh, like, like you said, a lot of the guys I see, Byron, Magic, Kareem, but then there's some guys I haven't seen in 25 or 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like my good rookie mentor, you know, uh, Clay Johnson, who lives in Kansas City. Yeah. Uh, Larry Spriggs, you know, one of my best friends on the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also uh, guys I didn't play with who were a part of the beginning of Showtime, mm -hmm. uh, like Spencer Haywood, mm -hmm. a remarkable man mm -hmm. with a great story to tell. Mm -hmm. And and Brewer, uh, guys like that who, who gave Magic the nickname Buck. <laughs> so it, it was just nice to see Wes Matthews and Chuck Nevin yeah. and mm -hmm. Mark Schreck, all the guys, Billy Thompson, who were a part of the championship years. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we, we didn't know what to expect, but it ended up being uh, more than I could ever have imagined on, on this trip. Every day was, yeah. uh, was special. Yeah, I mean, just to, so that the uh, listeners and the viewers you know, kind of have a little bit of the background on this, uh, Magic and Pat Riley decided a few years ago to put together a reunion of members of the of any of the Showtime Laker championship teams from the 80s, of which you, the team franchise won five and you know the pandemic and everything else and people's schedules so finally 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 they were able to put it together in october and uh everyone came out to maui it was it was an unbelievable experience for a week 
I tagged along with you guys out on the golf course, which which was, <laughs> which was hysterical. I mean, you guys not only do you guys talk smack like on the court to each other still, right? Um, but you still do it on the golf course. It's unbelievable how how that camaraderie just still goes on after almost forty years, right? <laughs> well, it's like a family member. I mean, uh, we were a family, and you know, uh, it was just like. Uh, 1988, it felt like we were right there. Yeah. And no matter where we're on the bus or on a plane or in the movie theater or in the mall where he used to, you know, uh, <laughs> photograph us quite a bit, you know, we're always hamming it up. Yeah. Especially after so many years where guys can barely walk, uh, <laughs> all the replacements in the body that's taking place, the knees, ankles, and shoulders. And all you have is memories mm. and your mouth. Yeah. So that's that's what you that's what you use. You, you know, right. you remember the memories, and you just talk a bunch of trash because that's that's all you have, man. But it's uh, crazy. It's nice to reminisce yeah. and bring up some old stuff, and mm. then you know just tease everybody about the current status of their golf game. Yeah, exactly. You know, it, the the lead up, of course, for the first few days was to the to the practice. Now I don't even know if we want to call it a practice, a walkthrough, a whatever. But no, everyone was. Practice. But yeah, everyone was so anticipating that not not just you guys, the players, but all of us around the team and and the wives and the girlfriends and everybody else who were there, <laughs> and to see you guys get off that bus. I mean. I literally went back in a time machine as you guys walked in that gym and Pat, you know, he coach Riley brought everybody together and he spoke and Kareem spoke. And then you guys are out there stretching and then you get, you know, you start doing your, I don't know what, what do we call it? It would call it it. I don't know. Walk through time. I don't know something, uh, but yeah, we, we call it, uh, I don't know what to call it. It wasn't a, it wasn't a walkthrough, maybe a crawl, through. a crawl through, exactly. Uh, a yeah. crawl through, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you mentioned getting off the bus, yeah. uh, but for a lot of us, uh, it was getting onto the bus. <laughs> uh, that was, that was the, the happy moment yeah. because that's when all the, uh, all the stories come out and mm -hmm. all the memories and you just, you know, you, you, you rehash a lot of stuff and yeah. then. Yeah. You go to the floor and for a moment there, Andy, uh -huh. I, I I was I was I was I was hoping that Pat Riley would hurry up and finish up because I had to go take a nap before the game <laughs> that evening. For a moment I was like, man, who 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 are we playing tonight? That's how connected it was. And I, a, a lot of the plays we did remember. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. uh, I think we went about two for 88 that practice man it was uh yeah i think byron byron hit both shots by the way yes <laughs> but He's the only one that's in shape yeah but i mean to see kareem god bless him man at 75 years old and the health issues he's had and dude is shooting sky hooks man it was just yeah. chilling i mean just goosebump time it was beautiful it was a beautiful thing and um you know, I, I'll, I'll never forget. I'm so grateful to be part of that era, but be part of that experience as well, man. So, J-Dub, I got to ask you something. I never asked you this question. You know, you were the number one pick, obviously, in the 82 draft, right? You for you know, you you didn't do your senior year. What is the word? Forgo? You're foregone? You, mm -hmm. <laughs> you didn't do it, right? You had won the NCAA championship. Um, you entered the NBA draft. Now, 
I got to understand how this happened. So the Lakers made a trade in 79. They got Cleveland's pick in the 82 draft, right? Which ended right. up. So Cleveland had the worst record at, at 15 and 67 that year. And the Clippers had the second worst record, right? At 17 and 65. Why was there a coin flip between the two? Like why, why didn't Cleveland just get the number one pick? Well, at the time there was no lottery and actually it, right. the, the, the process was uh, the team who had uh, the worst record. Mm -hmm. And I think, I'm not sure if the Clippers did or... No, Cleveland did at 1567. Okay. Yeah, Clippers had and 17. so um, the team who had the number one mm -hmm. draft pick was Cleveland. Right. Um, and they also had the worst record. But because they had the number one draft pick already, it was the team that had, and I'm assuming the Clippers had, the, the worst record after Cleveland, yeah, correct? Yeah, the second worst. Okay, yeah. so mm -hmm. that 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 is it's usually the team that actually has the number one draft pick mm -hmm. and the team that has the worst record, they, they toss a coin. Ah, okay, I got and, you. And that's how they determine yeah. who was going to get the number one draft pick. So yeah. because Cleveland had the number one draft pick, the worst record category mm -hmm. fell in the Clippers. And when, when uh, Bill Sharman... And the Clipper, uh, I guess it might have been Elgin Baylor. I'm not sure who it was at the time. Mm. They made the toss. The Lakers won. Right. And, and that's why I became a Laker. Now, I do believe Dominique Wilkins mm -hmm. would have been first had the Clippers won. Mm. Mm -hmm. A prolific score. They needed that. Yeah. The Lakers didn't really need a score. <laughs> They had won like two out of three championships the last, so they needed they needed a Dean Smith guy who was you know could fit in, uh -huh. didn't mind playing his role, uh, you know. So that's and Jerry West liked the fact that I was a power forward mm -hmm. that could convert mm -hmm. to small forward because I, I I was I I used my quickness to on the fast break, so he saw something in me <laughs> that could grow so that that's how i became that's how i became a laker it was due to that 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 trade yeah and that that coin talk did you when you announced that you were going to enter the draft i mean did you have in the back of your mind well the lakers have the first pick cleveland is probably gonna have the worst record you know because they were terrible like i could end up a lakers like a 50 50 shot right that you would end up a laker well it, it, it became more clear to me after, if you remember, uh, Ralph Sampson, mm -hmm. uh, who played at the University of Virginia, mm -hmm. Ralph Sampson decided to stay in school his senior year because mm. he was, you know, he thought they could win a championship or he wanted to finish up. And so everyone was waiting mm. for Ralph Sampson's decision. Mm. Had Ralph gone after his junior year, I probably would have dropped down to maybe fourth because it would have been Ralph, Dominique, uh, Terry Cummings mm -hmm. uh, at the time, mm -hmm. depending on what the, what each specific team needed. Mm -hmm. And so I would have stayed in college uh, another year with MJ yeah. and Sam Perkins. <laughs> yeah. But because Ralph Sampson stayed in, yeah. and because I had a, a tip that Jerry West did not need Dominique Wilkins. He didn't need a guy that scored a lot. Yeah. And, and he needed someone who was going to fit in. So I knew uh, that if the, if, if, that if that there was a coin toss, 
I knew that the Clippers weren't going to take me first. Mm -hmm. So I was going to be a Laker either way. Mm. So I kind of had a, a early, you know, idea mm -hmm. uh, of how the draft was, was going to go. If Rap Sampson stayed in school. Yeah. You and Rap Sampson have quite a history together, you know, in college. And then of course, you know, in the NBA together and all that stuff that's, and Ralph was on the podcast and he spoke about that, about going back to college, finishing up. So you, you get to the Lakers, um, you know, they have two, you know, amazing players, you know, future hall of famers and Kareem and magic. Got a legendary coach in Pat Riley. They had just won the championship. In fact, it's the first time, I think, to this date in NBA history that the, the, the NBA champion from the previous year got the number one pick in the draft, which is, like, mind-blowing. Imagine, yeah. imagine that happening today. That would be insane if that happened, right? Yeah, um, never, yeah that, that never happened before. I don't yeah, think. and so you come on to that team. You got Jamal Wilkes is playing your position um, you come with, you know, an NCAA championship. I mean, and you come in from Gastonia, North Carolina to LA. I mean, I remember it because I was there. I was at your press conference. I was there, you know, in training camp. But for you, I mean, you know, you're bringing all of this talent to this incredibly talented team. How, how did you, you know, how is it for you to fit into that group from the beginning? Well, yeah, I mean, Andy, you're right. You remember, I mean, it was like, you know, um, the the black Jed Clampett coming to L.A. I mean, it was really really odd for me. I was not ready yeah, yeah. Uh, for a big city. Uh, it was I was I was already uh, kind of an introverted personality anyway. But yeah, uh, I had basketball to kind of you know push back on and make me comfortable. Mm -hmm. But you know, I I was I was very confident. When I came to LA, I think I might have told you this story before, mm. and uh, and I, I I I was the number one draft pick. I was the most outstanding player in 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 the NCAA championship game mm -hmm. over you know over Georgetown. So you know I I wasn't arrogant, but I was like, listen, I can play on this team, <laughs> and I think I you know I think I can you know I I think I might have a shot at starting. You know what I mean? So uh -huh. yeah. Yeah. I came in. The, I came in the in the arena and the gym, and I, 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 there was Kareem and Hall of Famer, and there yeah. was Magic Johnson. You know, a starter. Mm -hmm. Norm Nixon was still with us at the time. You know, he was a jet. You know, getting up and down the floor, and Jamal Wilkes, mm -hmm. a Hall of Famer, who had already won a championship at Golden State, right? Before he came to Los Angeles, so I was like, and then there's Bob McAdoo coming <laughs> off the bench. Yeah. With Cooper. Yeah. Uh, but then I saw Kurt Rambis. <laughs> and I said to myself, I was like, and he had these these glasses on, these thick glasses with and they had like duct tape holding them together. And he had all these back then there were all these apparatuses you could you could put on and he had something to keep his elbow in place and <laughs> he smelled like Ben Gay, you know, he had rubbed all this Right. And it was, I was like, I mean, this guy's slow. Right. I said, I'm, 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 that's my position. I said, I know I'm quicker. I know I'm better. Yeah. And so mm. practice started. And so within about five to eight minutes of that practice, 
Kurt Rambis beat my ass down mm, mm-hmm. to the ground. And he, he let me know what a what a power forward's job was in the NBA. <laughs> and I had no clue uh, that it was that tough. And yeah. I didn't really have a jumper at the time. So I did a lot of my work in the paint. Mm-hmm. In the in the in the in the three second area, and that's where Kirk did all of his work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he let you know when you came in his house, it was <laughs> war, and I wasn't used to it. So I went over there, <laughs> sit my ass on that bench for a couple of years until a spot became available. And I tell that story all the time. Yeah, it's a great story. Kirk was a, Kirk was a big part of you know our success. Yeah. All right, let's leave it there for now. We'll come back with some more of uh, the amazing conversation with Big Game James Worthy when we come back right here on the Rochmark Kazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune. It is Legends of Sport Friday, and as I mentioned, this is one of my all-time favorite. Big Game James Worthy. Uh, so many amazing stories there in that first segment. He'll be talking about his career with the Lakers. His career at North Carolina playing alongside uh, Michael Jordan. But uh, let's again leave it there for now. When we come back, more Legends of Sport Friday and our conversation with big game James Worthy. When we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 of Southern California, the fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. drives everyone to make the most of every moment we celebrate living large in the now in a city where time disappears we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever we go big we go all night and here everyone is invited so get loose and get loud this is circa you'll have the time of your life This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the fan in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. It's Legends of Sport Friday. And Andy, you left out. Listen, more people consume podcasts these days on YouTube, and people get to see your <laughs> your beautiful face and all your guests as well. What is that YouTube channel? Hey, thanks for the reminder, my friend. Yeah, our YouTube is Legends of Sport on YouTube, also TikTok. But you're right. We uh, during the pandemic, we started to release our interviews on video as well as audio, and uh, we're continuing with that um, in year six now. So listen, I, I, I bring this up because again, every week I get comments from people who've tuned in saying, listen, I mean, I mean, how do I get into photography? What are the tips? How can I do that? Again, people just want to be involved in some way. Um, you are having a very special workshop coming up. Uh, tell the fans about that as well. Yeah, thanks, my friend. Um, yeah, we are building right now a really, really fun 12-part live interactive workshop. 
Um, it's kind of a master class, but uh, in a live sense. So every week, you'll be able to interact with me, ask questions. We will have a theme every week um, related to my career, how I built it, the relationships that I've forged over the years, some great stories. Um, so it's called Beyond the Lens. So folks can go to beyondthelens.live and sign up now, run in a special, um, I think, for the rest of February. So uh, please join us because we're uh, kicking this off in June, again, for 12 weeks. My favorite thing about that is that, you know, again, there's a lot of these classes that you, you can watch on YouTube. It's, you, you can't really engage. So I love the engagement process and people get to uh, really get to work with you. Uh, again, mm -hmm. Legends of Sport Friday this week, one of my all-time favorite, Big Game James Worthy. What is your favorite James Worthy story? But by the way, the man has the greatest voice of any player <laughs> that I've ever talked to. He could have been a singer or something. I mean, that's an amazing voice. Well, people are going to have to tune in, but I'm going to give you a little, a little tidbit of something I didn't know about JW. Was that you know we all know he's got the moniker, the nickname Big Game, because he always showed up you know big time at the big games, right? Um, but Inside the team, has most of these guys have their their own nickname that's only like said in the locker room or on the bus. And uh, while I was at the Showtime reunion in Maui in October, the guys kept calling James this particular nickname, and I didn't know honestly who they were talking to. And every time they mentioned it, I would look around the room, and then James would would pipe in. So you got to you got to tune in because it's a great story about how it evolved. <laughs> why they continue to call them that and uh, it's nothing dirty or anything. It's, it's actually a really, really funny story. <laughs> I love that tease. Cause I'm listen, it, it, it's a great conversation. And if you haven't tuned in, you should for that. Um, listen, I mean, and he's also transitioned into a great broadcaster. I mean, he, he's, he's yes. someone that, um, well, by the way, what I love about James is when they play well, nobody's ha is happier but because he's a Hall of Famer and no one's going to tell him what to say when the team's not playing well, he'll say that as well. He's really done a great job, right, of transitioning his career. I think he's done a phenomenal job, honestly, Arash, because, you know, some people are cut out for it and some people aren't. And James, from the beginning, um, you know, when Kobe was playing and the team wasn't very good, he, he, he kind of figured it out. He figured out, you know, how he can do his job, be somewhat impartial, you know, I mean, doesn't have to be totally impartial if he's a yeah. Laker legend, but, you know, tell the story about what's going on and kind of call the guys out when they're not playing well. And we, we saw that. I kind of, I think kind of evidently at the beginning of this season when they weren't playing well at all and they went on that big losing streak and you can see how frustrated he was, but, in that he was also able to kind of, you know, educate and to bring things to the forefront, some techniques and things that the guys should be doing because, you know, James was an assistant coach for a little bit. I don't know if people remember that, yeah. but uh, when Kobe was playing, he was an assistant coach and he gets it. He understands He's a very patient guy. He's also very, very fair. And uh, like you said, he does have probably one of the greatest voices <laughs> for broadcasting of anybody I've ever met. <laughs> and exactly. for, by the way, live events, because James is a yeah. great live speaker. He does many, many, many charity events. I've been going with him since I knew him, you know, rookie year. But he does uh, motivational speaking. So if anybody's looking for a great motivational speaker, 
you got to go no further than James Worthy. No doubt about that. With that said, let's now hear the second part of the conversation is Legends of Sport Friday. This week's guest, big game, James Worthy. Correct me if I'm wrong, but when you signed that New Balance contract, what year was that, first of all? Like 83, 4? 80. Two. So that was your yeah. That was your rookie season. Yeah, my, my first year. Yeah, yeah. yeah and I, was I and I was watching the Laker game the other night that you were you were speaking and, and you said a guy was wearing New Balance. He goes, you know, I'm the guy who kind of started that, but <laughs> <laughs> but that was huge at the time, right? Not just the money part of it, but the fact that yeah. like you're endorsing this shoe and it's not, you know, it's not. Converse, it's not Nike who is just starting out, it's not Reebok, anybody else. Um, can you take me through that whole decision and like how that happened? How were you approached by New Balance and how did that come together? Well, at the time, you know, I, I was represented by ProServe and David Falk, who right. went on to manage Michael Jordan for years. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, you had every sneaker company, you know, at your door, you mm -hmm. know, Converse, Nike, Adidas. And the one thing that was, uh, you know, very interesting about New Balance is that I knew they were at the mercy of these bins of running shoes already. They were like to make the best running shoe and they were wanted to come over into the basketball market and they were paying really well yeah. uh, over time. And the shoe was like, I had worn Converse and with all due respect, the Converse is no longer in business. <laughs> it was like night and day. Yeah, yeah. And and so I got into understanding how they make their shoe, what they put into it, mm -hmm. polyurethane and the comfort of it. And so, yeah, it was a great shoe. Mm -hmm. And I still, to this day, wear New Balances. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I was the first. And here's an interesting story you might not know. Mm -hmm. uh, they're located in Boston. Yeah, I was Maine. just going to mention that. That Wasn't that a little ironic, to say the least? And the, the guy that brought me to them, uh, was uh, a guy named ML Carr. Oh, yeah, I think I know that guy with the towel. Yeah, yeah. ML Carr <laughs> was the guy that said, Is that right? James Worthy might be great for your company. Huh. Now, ML Carr is also from North Carolina. Mm -hmm. As much as he used to ring that towel and, and give us hell, I knew about him yeah. through my older brothers. He went to Guilford College in North Carolina. So Interesting. Yeah, <laughs> he, he wore him a little bit, but nobody paid him any attention yeah well uh, now he said so he was the guy that he was the guy that said hey mm -hmm. a Celtic you know hooking up a lady <laughs> it's amazing at least they weren't green thank god but um oh, no. <clears throat> but you know now they're having such a resurgence with uh you know in all the different sports but especially Kawhi's wearing them and and yeah who was the player the Trey other Young. night? It was Trey Young, Trey right? Young. Yeah, yeah, right. Amazing. And and to think that that really started with you. I mean, that's just incredible. For, I remember it. I remember I remember the poster. I didn't shoot the poster, but there was a very iconic poster of you wearing the New Balances. <laughs> yeah, they didn't, you know, back then, um, that was the one thing about New Balance mm -hmm. is that um, I was doing an event in New York mm -hmm. after a Knicks game. And I ran into Spike Lee. And this is like 82, 83. Mm. And he was like, man, you know, I can do some really good stuff as far as marketing and advertising. Yeah. You know, he's never worked with a shoe company before. This is before Jordan. Yeah, I was going to say, Michael was but still in New college. Balance, that was the thing about yeah. New Balance. Oh. Uh, they would rather take you, Andy, mm -hmm. 
and put you in a commercial than to put me in one. That's just <laughs> that's just the way they work. Yeah, you, you know. And so I, that was one of the sacrifices that I had to, to take. Is like mm. they didn't do a lot of not, and no one was really doing a lot of Mm-mm. commercials and stuff back then. But they hardly did anything. I think I did one commercial on MTV back in the day. Yeah, sure. But the Sun now has taken over mm-hmm. junior has taken over and if you look at baseball you'll see like i think like 60 percent of the guys wearing their shoes yeah. And yeah basketball they're big and they they would never shoot a commercial i saw the commercial yeah and yeah. wonder why i wasn't in it yeah. so i gotta put in a call <laughs> and uh you know what they should do is that and uh, uh, this is free advice to new bounds by the way they should get you and Kawhi together and do it do it then and now be, that would be amazing shoot him, because shoot him an email andy yeah no because because he i mean God knows if he even realizes that you were the first guy to wear New Balance, but the fact that you know there's that history, the LA history now, and all that. Anyway, just a thought. Yeah, just pretty a cool. Thought. And, you know, and he's a yeah. I mean, he's not a Hall of Famer yet. He will be. He's will top be. seventy-five. Yeah, he's got uh, to stay he's a healthy. Finals MVP. He is a Finals yeah. MVP. So we have we have a few things in common that they could. Yeah. They could play off. Yeah. yeah. No. Well, hey, look, you know, the wheels are turning over here, J.W. There you go. Hey, J.W., you know, we we all know Big Game. That's your moniker. That's your nickname. You earned that. You know, you, you always stepped up when the money was on the table. You know, I was looking at your stats and, and your scoring average, you know, every single playoffs, every finals, you know, up and, and of course, culminating in 88 when you got the uh, the MVP award for the finals. You know, every year you just increase. But what I didn't know until the reunion, I didn't realize you had another nickname called Clever. <laughs> they were calling you Clever, and I'm looking around like, who are they talking yeah. to? I had never heard any, any of the guys refer to you as Clever. Where did that come from? Well, that just goes to show you what a close nickname <laughs> I thought I knew I mean, everything. Every, everybody had a secondary nickname. It was a nickname for okay. the public, and then there was a nickname for practice and the bus. Got it. You know, this nickname started with uh, Mike McGee and Larry Spriggs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, nowadays in the practice facility, these guys have their own barber shop. You know, <laughs> they have their own barber. Well, we didn't have that. We used to rush <laughs> to the barber after practice. And mm-hmm. I had this one barber named Lawrence. And every time he'd finish with my hair, yeah, and we had a game that night. He and he loved to to to, to do uh to do my hair on game day because he'd be telling all his buddies that look at that hair, dude. I did that, <laughs> and he used to always say, "Yeah, I'm gonna have you looking real clever he said, tonight. You're gonna be looking real clever." So Mike McGee and Larry Spriggs picked up on it, and they started calling me clever in <laughs> practice, and I've been called that. Ever since that is, uh, I would not have guessed that that was the reason that it had to do with. I thought it was because she like figured something out, you know, one of well, Pat I, Riley's, you I, know, crazy I tell schemes. All the time because I was, they, they thought I was the smartest guy on the team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, yeah, what would Cream say about that? I don't know. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing that. That's amazing. So, JW, you've been synonymous with the Lakers. It's now, you know, I hate to tell you this, but it's going to be 40 years, right? I mean, in June, yeah, it's crazy. 40 years. Yeah. This is year 42 for me. Um, you know, on the court, of course, off the court, you've been an amazing studio analyst, but the stuff that you've done in the community, 
for, for 40 years. I mean, it's really remarkable to me that how committed you've always been. You and I have crossed paths many, many times at community events for the Lakers or for the Boys and Girls Club, the YMCA, especially for Heart of Los Angeles, Ola, which, yeah. you know, near and dear to both our hearts. That giving back, that being of service, um, you know, where does that come from? And, and how does that, you know, how is that part of you as a person? I, I, th- I think it comes from my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, who after graduating high school in the late forties mm-hmm. and 23 years later, she went back to college and got a nursing degree. And mm. I used to see her in action. She was like the first uh, humanitarian that I've ever seen. Uh, because after, mm. after working all day in the hospital as a nurse, she would come home and then she would make her rounds. A few elderly people in our neighborhood that, she just wanted to make sure that, you know, their, their medicine was administered properly and that they, they had a meal <laughs> and yeah. I got to see her in action. So, um, and then when I went to college, I played for, uh, a really conscious coach who used his platform to, uh, not only make you a great basketball player, but to make you a better citizen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was taught that the only reason you're really given a platform, like making it to the NBA or getting a college scholarship is you have a platform to give back. Mm. I used to be one of those kids. Mm. Mm-hmm. So every time I go speak to kids, mm-hmm. whether they're kids at risk, whether they're kids who shy and don't have a voice, whether they are uh, kids who um, may have, you know, issues at home, uh, maybe not have enough food to eat. I, you know, I've been all of that. Mm. And so I, I can, I know what it feels like to be sitting as a 10 year old, afraid <laughs> to say anything, uh, embarrassed. And so when you go and you go speak to that, you know, you have to let them know that there's hope. Mm-hmm. So I just love, uh, the idea, you know, and it, as much as it does for whoever you're giving to, it just does. And you know this, mm-hmm. it just does a lot more for you yes. personally. So. Yeah. Yeah. I've never gotten the feeling from you that you're there because you have to be or you know, it's a uh, commitment that you have to do, blah, blah, blah. It's it's always uh, from the heart, man. So um J Dub, a couple of quick things. Um we're recording this and it, this is gonna be released right as LeBron is gonna break Kareem's record, right? Uh it's gonna be within days probably when we release this. I talked to Byron about this and other, you know, old timers from our era, um, you know, a <laughs> little bit of mixed feelings on my part. I mean, I'm thrilled for LeBron. He's had an incredible career, but how's that going to feel? You know, I mean, I, you know, none of us had the opportunity to ask anybody who played with Babe Ruth, how he felt, you know, <laughs> but none of us thought that record would be touched. I was there when he broke Wilt's record. No one thought that was going to happen either. So for me to be at both things, God willing, knock on wood, I will be. Um, anyway, how, how are you feeling about it in advance? Well, you and I both remember uh, when Kareem broke Wilt's record in Las Vegas. Yes, Las Vegas. Off, it yeah. was a, a, little a bit regular of season game yeah. versus Utah. Yep. And I remember uh, Wilt Chamberlain before he passed away. And I remember him saying that, you know, records will be broken. Yeah. At some point, you know, it just, if, if you live long enough or you play long enough, you'll see it. Mm-hmm. And 
Kareem held on to it since 1985, man. Yeah. That's a long time. That's a long time. I, I mean, you know, people. That's one I, of those records. I mean, Dimaggio's 56 game streak. I mean, you know, I mean, this is yeah. one of those records that you never think will be broken. Yeah, uh, and I tell people all the time, I'm like, yeah, I'm a little bit, you know, drawn toward Kareem's one of my best friends, and I. But I, and you know, I I remind them that Kareem had to play four years of college. Okay. Mm -hmm. Not one three pointer. (laughs) Okay. Now, if you want to flip the coin and say, what if Kareem had come out straight out of high school, Mm -hmm. you may be about 20,000 points behind. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah. Dominated college. Yeah. So I admire uh, LeBron for what he's done. I haven't seen an athlete perform the way he does after 20 years, and he's mm. still mm. hopping around like a 20-year-old. Yeah, yeah. So you can say what you want to about the time. Of course, I'm more sensitive toward Kareem. He's my guy. Yeah. But I have to tip my hat to LeBron mm-hmm. uh, to endure mm-hmm. all that he has and to be able to perform at a level of excellence. He just surpassed Magic Johnson's mm. all-time assist record. Yeah, that's amazing, dude. And, yeah. and then he continues to break other records uh, that we, we we've mentioned over time. Yeah. So, yeah, it'll be it'll be um, nice to have another Laker, yeah, per se, right, right. break it. And I think Kareem is ready to hand it over. Yeah, yeah. I hear you. Yeah. Well, J Dub, I, I want to give you a chance to promote your. Uh, your water company. Um, I got a chance to to sample the product yeah. when we were over in Hawaii. Um, tell us a little bit about how that all came together and, and where people can find it. Well, I'm a big part of Waikea Water, and mm-hmm. they're in Hilo, uh, uh, Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And it all came about uh, really with giving back to the community. Mm-hmm. They do a remarkable job of reaching out to those who don't have. And so... We got involved with that. I love the water. I contacted them on LinkedIn. We had a relationship. And uh, so I was able to, um, you know, uh, be a part of them. And they do a lot of stuff uh, in other countries. All right, that's it for another amazing edition of Legends of Sport Friday right here on the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune. This was one of my all-time favorites. Big game James Worthy talking about his Hall of Fame career, playing alongside Magic Johnson and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar with the Lakers, alongside Michael Jordan and Sam Perkins at North Carolina. He's been a winner at every stop in his career, one of my all-time favorites. So this was a fun one. Again, that's it for today. We'll be back next week with some more Legends of Sports Friday. With that said, that's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again next week. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe, stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing. Currency chasing worldwide through the hard times. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.